Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about the growing concerns on trade and how we think events are going to unfold in the months ahead. This week, movements in the S&P 500 have been dominated by trade. Everything's a macro issue. And so every sector was down. And although a lot of times we talk about the energy sector, energy was among the weaker sectors and was down along with everything else. And it's because fears of a global growth slowdown have been accelerating uh, because of news in the last few weeks. The German economy had very mild contraction that contracted by one-tenth of one percent in the second quarter. Germany's a big exporter. And Trump's modest relaxation of tariffs timed to to avoid uh, higher prices for American consumers really seemed to be just too little too late. The yield curve has flattened out. And so a lot of times people feel the yield curve being flat is an indicator of a recession coming. Certainly, there's more concerns about recession, and investors are worried, and this is this is why markets have been weak. But we think that the outlines of a final act to the, to the whole tariff war are beginning to come into view. And if you go into the numbers, it's really pretty interesting. The trade deficit with China between the U.S. and China has been increasing really as far back as the data goes. And last year, it was about $420 billion. And because of the trade uh, dispute, trade with China has been coming down this year. And so as a result, we're running a much smaller deficit for the first half of this year than we were uh, on the annualized basis for last year. So $420 billion was the 2018 deficit. For the first six months of this year, it's running $167 billion, so less than half. Now, even though there's a little bit of a seasonal pattern to trade in both directions, we, we buy more from China than we export, a little bit more trade takes place in the second half of the year than the first. Even allowing for that, it seems highly likely that by the end of the year, the U.S. trade deficit with China will be lower than it was the year before. And that's the first time going back at least 30 years that that's been the case. And what this is going to allow Trump to do, if he chooses to, is to claim victory and to take a deal with China in time for the issue to go away going into next year's election and say, look, I did what no other president has done before. Presidents have kept talking about trade. I actually did something about it. I brought the trade deficit down and run on that platform. And so although markets have been obviously very worried this week about growth slowdown, The opportunity for Trump to declare victory and really neutralize the issue is certainly there. He's been more focused on the level of the stock market, on the Dow Jones, than any previous president. Although he's the first one to use Twitter, uh, you could go back and see a lot of different tweets about the Dow hitting new highs, even when it goes back and hits a high that that it hit once before. The more unilateralist approach to trade and to global policies in general we think reflects uh, public opinion and reflects a more sort of populist approach to things. Uh, America's protected global shipping lanes for years, really since World War II, 
the US Navy has ensured that trade flows can take place unthreatened by foreign powers or by uh, pirates or anything all around the world. And every country has benefited from this. The US has troops in several different countries. We still have troops in Germany. And Trump has asked a pretty reasonable question. Why are we paying for US troops to be sitting in Germany, protecting Germany from its adversary, Russia, while Russia at the same, while Germany, I should say, at the same time increases its dependence on Russia by importing more natural gas. And this seems a pretty reasonable question to ask, and not one that's really been asked by prior presidents. Trump gets a lot of criticism for the manner in which he does things. But in this respect, he's pursuing a policy or reflecting a set of values that is shared by a great many Americans who really think about this. Bilateral trade negotiations suit the US much more than being part of a bigger group because the US is the world's biggest economy. So the Trans-Pacific Partnership really didn't fit into this uh, because the US would have been one of many countries agreeing a trade deal that would have been great for the whole Pacific Basin, but it actually dilutes the US negotiating power to be in a bigger group like this. And so, for example, the replacement of NAFTA with the new deal with Canada and Mexico was a, a series of two bilateral negotiations between the US and Canada, between the US and Mexico. And we wound up with an agreement that was a little bit more favorable to the US than the one that we had before. It's why the EU exists. The smaller nations in the EU uh, are, are often more supportive of it because it gives them more negotiating leverage but to be part of a bigger group. The very reason that a small country favors a large trading bloc is why a big country may prefer to, to have a, a sort of a hub and spoke approach where you negotiate individually with each one. We're going to see when the UK leaves the EU, uh, when they execute Brexit at the end of October and then turns around to negotiate with the US, the UK is going to find uh, how much weaker their negotiating position is when they're outside uh, rather than looking in. Part of the reason the US can do this also is that we have much less, much lower trade penetration into our economy than most other countries. In fact, trade penetration, where trade is measured as a percentage of GDP, the US out of the 10 biggest economies is the lowest. We have around 27% because America is a vast country with a huge domestic market. And it's possible for companies to be hugely successful just within their own country. You compare that with Germany, where they have 87% trade penetration. So trade is, a pro is more than three times as important to the German economy as it is to the US economy. And that's why, for example, Germany has slipped into negative growth for their economy in the second quarter because the slowdown in global activity caused in part by the tariff dispute with China has hurt Germany much more than it's hurt the US. And so the US actually approaches these issues in, in a relatively strong position. I think what we're moving into is a period of time where the US is less selfless, is more inclined to look at uh, items, look at issues uh, geopolitically on a transactional basis, to look at really what's good for the US, uh, perhaps more importantly than what's good for the world. And although this isn't conventional wisdom amongst governing classes and, and there's not 
really the policies that the US has pursued before, it is actually reflective of a lot of the views of Americans. In many ways, it's really democratic, even if it's different and even if the manner in which those policies are articulated and carried out is unpopular with, with a lot of people. So we think that although there's been a lot of market disruption and volatility in the last few days because of trade and first of global growth, we think we can actually see the beginnings of an exit ramp for the whole trade dispute. And we'll wait, wait and see if the administration uh, chooses to take that opportunity. But we think things could be lining up where Trump actually doesn't want to have trade or slow growth as an issue that people are thinking about next year when we go into the 2020 presidential election. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.